is Jared of the GM live from Drake's in Cool Springs, Smashville live here tonight, 7 o'clock. Dante Fabro will be here along with Rocco Grimaldi. Get excited about that. And, of course, the Halloween candy will be here for people to come on out and grab courtesy of yours truly. Now, we just had Jason Fitz on, and I asked Fitz, I said, Fitz, can I believe that Ryan Tannehill can be the guy? Can I can I get behind Tannehill? I am I'm starting to, to believe that now again, I'm starting to believe there's a chance Tannehill could be the answer for the Titans. Not just for this year, but could like actually be the the answer. And last week when they made the change, I told you I thought ninety five percent of me said the season was over, and five percent of me held out hope that Tannehill could be the Tommy Maddox or the Jake DeLome or that kind of guy of the Titans. And Fitz said, if you can live with Ryan Tannehill, essentially said, if I can live without Ryan Tannehill being an upper echelon quarterback and the Titans win games, then yes, he's got a shot. But essentially hinted that he doesn't think that he'd ever be like Breeze or Rodgers or Brady or Russell or any of those guys. And I tend to agree with that. I think that's probably fair to say. Correct, Floyd? I mean, probably, yeah. I mean, being that you name five guys, and there's about every ten years, there's five of those guys. Well, I, you so know, I'd say chances are, yeah. You could yeah. argue Watson will be one of those guys, but he's certainly not that yet. Certainly not there. Mahomes is probably there right it's now, there but it's yet. still early for a young yeah, quarterback. I mean, there's so many things that could happen to all those guys. But could Tannehill be a Stafford type guy? Maybe. I don't know, but. Uh, the more I see Tannehill, the more I watch Tannehill, the more I think there's a chance Tannehill can do this. And today, it really got me when he had his press conference. And I watched his press conference, and the way he's handled, not only the Marcus situation, which I think you and I could agree with, he probably, out of everybody there, and they all pretty much handled it well, he probably handled it the best. Well, and he was the one that needed to handle it the best. Oh, yeah, because it'd be and very so, easy to say, this is my yeah, team now, he baby. Could, he could have done anything he wanted to, but I think it, the whole time he's been here, he's ha- handled that exactly right. And Pat Dye, who's his agent that that I know pretty well. Is he the uh, Auburn coach's son? Yeah. Okay. Um, was um, He's good about those kinds of things. You know, he knows the Titans. We used to do a lot of work with him. He knows the Titans. He knows what's going on and understands the environment. And so, you know, I'm sure he educated him a little bit. And that I love. But listening to him talk today, I mean, I'm listening to him talk, and I said to myself, this guy sounds like a quarterback. And I got through. You know, like with Marcus, Marcus just kind of, his answers were always blah. I remember the beginning of last season. Marcus felt more assertive at the podium, and we made a big deal about that. And it's like, yeah, he's trying to be a quarterback. But you listen to Marcus's answers, and they're always just so boring, so bland, so whatever. There's there's nothing to it. I mean, it's Marcus. Uh, do you have the? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's exciting to see. There was never any substance when Marcus talked. And I'm not bagging on Marcus. I think it's something we all know. But Tannehill had three things where where the way he answered them, I just I watched it, I listened to it, I said that sounds like a quarterback. The first was about how he handles himself in the huddle. Motivate guys or kick guys in the rear if you think they need it, or are you strictly calling the play and let's get up to the line? No, we're talking in there. You know, I'm trying to remind guys certain things, uh, motivate. You know, if I can, 
throughout the drive, keep the energy up, you know, correct guys of whatever comes up. You know, that's part of the game is, is just talking, communicating, and making sure we're all on the same page and we're all you know, pushing forward, trying to get the ball in the end zone. So definitely a time to communicate and, and make sure we're all on the same page. I mean, the way he said it, even though it's kind of generic quarterback talk, there is kind of like a you can see, you can see what he's talking about. You know, sometimes correct guys, sometimes you know keep the energy up, make sure that I. I mean, he senses the role that he has in the huddle. The other was he was asked about on the fourth and inches sneak, Ben Jones moving the football a little bit. What did he notice on that? The sneak didn't work out the way you guys wanted, but notice. Even before the snap, Ben and centers have a little leeway there. He almost moves it up to the to the first down marker before he, he snaps it. How savvy is is that by a veteran center to set you guys up in that situation? I didn't even see that happen, honestly. Didn't even know it was a, a factor in the play until you just said that. I mean, he handles that so well. You know that Tannehill knows Ben Jones did that. You know Tannehill knows it. And you know that if it's, hey, how savvy is, is Ben about doing that? Oh, Ben's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. He's been doing that for a long time in this league. There's a, if he does that, the next time that they get a fourth in inches, the ref might be looking at the ball and might not let Ben move it up there or whatever. If Tannehill just answers it, yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Everyone will think that he's crazy. But for Tannehill to say, <laughs> you know, I haven't even really thought of that until you mentioned it. So, uh, yeah, I, I didn't even know. Just ends it. No discussion. No nothing. No anything. And you don't think Tannehill's a jerk for having said that. Didn't throw a teammate under the bus. Didn't put anybody in any unfair light. Didn't any. And then the final one was he's asked about the long-term plan. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think Ryan Tannehill wants to go win the rest of these games and be paid like a franchise quarterback, which would be, I don't know, $27 million a year for Tannehill to be the Tennessee Titans quarterback over the next couple of years. Do you think that that's what he wants, Floyd? <laughs> I would. Yeah, I would think so. I think he wants that, too. <laughs> he was asked about that today. Do you look at this as an opportunity maybe going forward to be the guy that they've been looking for here at quarterback maybe this year and, and even beyond? Yeah, I don't know what their plan is. You know, my plan is to go beat the Tampa Bay Bucks, and that's what I'm trying to do this week is just focus on Tampa and, and, you know, trying to win this game. God, he just sounds like a quarterback. And maybe this is the, the little Jared Stillman fan inside of me that watches one game and listens to the press conference and says, God, he feels like a quarterback. He feels like a quarterback. Maybe it is the reckless, off-the-wall Jared, but just, just listening to Tannehill talk, the way he handled the Mariota situation, the way he played the game on Sunday, and this, the, the 5% of me that thought there's a chance Tannehill could be the, the Jake DeLome of the Titans, I think it might be 8 or 9% now. <laughs> it doesn't sound like 8 or 9%. What does it sound like? It sounds like you just flopped on the whole thing. It goes from 95 to 5. It's hard. You 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 are easy. No, I'm not. You are so easy. I'm not. I'm not. I'm trying I to. Mean, th- this is. I can see why you have such a tough time with flip flopping, because you are so easy to convince. As a matter of fact, you know what? You don't have to do anything. All we have to do is just give you a little cheese. You'll convince yourself. You talk yourself into it, which is fantastic. That's great. 
I mean, I, I'm, I'm impressed. You didn't so, hear what Tannehill said and thought to yourself, hey, great answers, sounds like a quarterback. You, <laughs> First of all, every center in the league moves the football. Right. When they get ready to snap it. Everybody. I know. So that's, that meant absolutely nothing. And I think he was probably telling the truth. He didn't see it because it's one of those things. Because if they just, do it, and who cares? It happens every That, that would be like snap. saying, hey, your third base coach stands and, outside of the third base coaching box. What do you think? Oh, I, I would think that, I mean, he's, like I said, he's a, he's a veteran guy. He's going to say the right things. I mean, you heard what Fitzy said. He's a smart guy now. He's been through some tough times with some tough teams and and he knows what it's like and he understands, you know, how he's gotta handle the huddle. He's gotta do all those kinds of things. The thing that you're 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 comparing to Marcus, and Marcus isn't a real good comparison, only because of this. I always felt like Marcus was trying so hard to say the right thing that it was not natural. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like he was thinking the whole time. Okay, now I got to mention the team, and then I got to mention the opponent, and then I got to mention, you know, it was, it was like in the back of his mind, it was very mechanical that way. And I don't sense Ryan is that way at all. Now, he's going to say the right things, but it just comes a lot easier to him, a lot more natural. And I think he understands that, hey, if I answer this question and I don't mention the opponents and I don't mention my backup and I don't mention the offensive line, next time around I'll get them, mm-hmm. you know, so that I don't have to get it all done in this this one answer. I just love I I just love the way he answers the question, and I'm not sold on Tannehill by any means, but it's like I'm starting to Ian. I'm start I I can see the He's path. Sold. He's pancaking. <laughs> this is like when we were watching the election at the Preds game that one night, and I said to you, "I go, I think, I think that you know, this there's a path here. I think there's a path developing here, or whatever." You're like, "Nah, the polls all say such and such," and I'm like, "I'm starting to see a path that starts. Uh, I'm starting to see a path with Tannehill. I'm starting to see a path to where he could be the guy." And a lot of it is what happened on Sunday. To be honest, now, he just was. Mm. He was just throwing BBs in there. He was decisive with the throws. Oh, I just Is that love the it. best Tannehill can play on Sunday? I don't know. He threw for like 500 yards one time against the Texans. And they won I just the I just don't know. Like is that his ceiling on a week to week, you know? Yeah, I, I don't know either. I, he had a game against the Texans. Now, I don't know what the stats were officially, but in 2015 he had a game against the Texans, and the Texans that year had a great defense. They just had Brian Hoyer, a quarterback. I think the real question is, Ian, is that good enough? If we could get what we got Sunday every week for the next 10 weeks, are we, are we happy with that? 23 points, 300 yards. How many touches did he throw? Two. Two touches. Is that good enough to make him the guy? Let's discuss that next. 615-737-1025 is the phone number. 615-737-1025. We'll get into that question Floyd just asked about Tannehill. We'll do that coming up next. Jared and the GM, we are live from Drake's and Cool Springs, Smashville Live tonight, 7 o'clock. 
Go to my Instagram at the Jared Stillman. Look at the story. Not only will you see a lot of stuff from the game last night, but you will see me rocking sweat ink from my friends at Authentically American. That's right. The secret message that's hidden in there that when you sweat through your workout will display that message is right there on my Instagram story at the Jared Stillman. Plus, if you use promo code Jared, you get 20% off at Authentically American, whatever it may be. Whether it's the latest in sweat ink used by Army, Navy, they've got an Army line, a Navy line, they've got their Freedom line, whether it's sweat ink, whether it's your business like our business, whether it's the jacket like I have on right now. Again, Authentically American is what we rock. That's what you got to get. Authentically American. Everything there made in the USA, supporting American workers, supporting American jobs. And that's why I'm so glad that I get to tell you about Authentically American. Again, Authentically American online at authenticallyamerican.us. Promo code Jared gets you 20% off of everything at Authentically American. It's online at authenticallyamerican.us. Jared the GM, Authentically American, the next iconic brand that is truly American made. You mentioned, uh, you know, where you guys are in the standings and all that and having to stack good performances together. That's kind of been a problem around here over the last few years. Is it, from where you sit, is it just a mindset in terms of how you prepare and how you go out and play? Um, it's a mindset to, to have confidence and go out and, and the habits you establish in practice and in your preparation, um, you know, from the walkthroughs, taking out to the practice field and the meeting rooms, uh, just having that focus day in and day out of, of what you need to accomplish and then, on Sundays, you got to go execute. You know, you can meet well, you can practice well, but if you don't play well on Sundays, it's kind of all for naught. So you have to be able to put the whole thing together. That was Ryan Tannehill earlier today, and they're going to need him to put things together. Now, Floyd, you asked the question about is Sunday's game for Tannehill, the 300-plus, two touches, is that good enough to win with this defense? 23 points, two touches, 300 yards. Is that good enough to win week in and week out with this defense? So let me ask you, Floyd, do you think that that's good enough to win before we get to the callers? Well, yeah, no. I mean, it's good enough to win. The question, My question, except for this week, you know, this week, I mean, they're averaging 30 points a game. Mm-hmm. Um, but this week, my, my question was, is his performance from this weekend good enough for you to make him the guy? You know, two two touchdowns, what we say, 300 yards and, you know, had a handful of incompletions, like 20 for 26 or whatever he was. Yeah, Deshaun Watson, for example, didn't have one of his best games, and he had a game very similar to that. You know, Deshaun Watson, when he has a great game, it's 420 yards, and he's a, a younger kind of quarterback. Some interesting notes about that game. Uh, Tannehill's 79.3 completion percentage set a career high for games in which he's thrown at least 20 passes. So as accurate as he was Sunday, that's the best he has ever been. His uh, passer rating ranked 10th in his eight-year career. So that was the 10th best performance over eight years in the National Football League. And it was his 17th 300-yard passing game, but it was his first since 319 against wretched Cleveland in 2016. By the way, that performance against wretched Cleveland was when I was 27. I'm 30. That's how long ago it was the last time Tannehill threw for 300 yards. Now, he missed a season in there and obviously didn't start a lot this season, but 27 was a long time ago for me, Floyd. I think the Predators were in the cup final. I was 27. Let's go to your phones. No, I was not. Yes, I was. 
Yes. Let's go to your phone. 615-737-1025. Adam is up next here on Ryan Tannehill. Jared and the GM live out at Drake's in Cool Springs. What's up, Adam? Man, I love talking about him. and I, you're, you're exactly right, Jared. I, I wish you were still a fan. You can tell you're just media-washed, man. But I wish you were still a fan because we could have a real conversation about it. But I honestly how am I, not, how saying, am I media-washed? You, you get your brain-washed, man, because a lot of the stuff you say, I can tell there's a Titans fan down in there, but you can't let it out. you got your Louisville stripes on. But, hey, I digress, man. Uh, I Honestly, what I think – the difference with Tannehill and Mariota is with Marcus, I felt like that dude could lose every single game he played. And with Tannehill, I feel confident that we could win every single game we play. So I I know that sounds kind of stupid. It sounds like that could go either way for both of them. But I feel confident that Tannehill was going to win that game on Sunday. I I don't look down our schedule and think that we can't win every single game. I feel like he can keep us in every single game. That is a hot take. Thank you for the call. That is a hot take. I mean, the idea that I felt like Marcus would lose every game and I feel like Tannehill will win every game. Now, that is a hot take. I hope, uh, I mean, I hope the players on the team feel that way. Well, you said the players feel like they can win every game with either quarterback, so that shouldn't be a problem. Well, they do. But I think with, with uh, you know, you've, you've got a chance to win any and then you've got a good chance to win any. And I think with them, you know, we're open for the good chance part. I guess where I sit on the Tannehill front, or at least the win every game thing, is Ryan Tannehill is not Peyton Manning. So, I mean, as much as I want to believe that Tannehill can be the starting quarterback of the Titans, again, I use the name Jake DeLome. That is the name I keep throwing up. If you are a 16-year-old football fan, you probably don't even know who Jake DeLome is. But Jake DeLome, as we remember, was a backup in the NFL. He signs to be the backup in Carolina. Rodney Pete gets benched the first week of the year, and DeLome takes him to the Super Bowl because they had an incredible defense, and they had two great receivers, Steve Smith Sr. and Moose and Muhammad. That is what I think you have to think Tannehill could be. You can't think he's going to be Dan Marino. He's not Dan Marino. He's not going to be Rodgers or Russell or any of those kind of guys. There's a chance Deshaun Watson turns into one of those guys. Uh, there's probably not a chance Ryan Tannehill turns into that. Right. Well, I, mean, I don't think we're expecting him to, though. Well, I think that you, if the caller is going to say he's going to win every game, then I think there's... Well, I, don't, I think his point was that he's confident when, when he's in there and wasn't quite as confident with Marcus for whatever reason. And, and I'm sure there are a lot of people that would say that. I'm not. And then, and then there are those that wouldn't say that. So, you know, it just depends on who you are. Well, after they get past the Chief game, and again, they can win this week. They can win at Carolina. They can win against the Chiefs if Mahomes doesn't play. But once you get past that, the rest of your schedule is essentially all AFC South teams and the Saints. We'll see how Tannehill does then. Can Tannehill take this team to Indianapolis and beat the Colts, who they never beat? We'll see then. Frank is up next on Ryan Tannehill. Thank you for calling. What's up, Frank? Uh, thanks for taking my call. I just want uh, Tannehill will do all right for the season, and then when they draft another quarterback next year, he'll be, he'll be good to teach a young kids up, but he'll never be the starter for the rest of his career there. So I think that's a, I think that is probably the most logical. That's probably the most logical prediction, right? 
that Tannehill does a good enough job to keep the job going into next year and that they bring him back on a one-year deal or a two-year deal, but yet they still draft a guy in the first round and eventually the guy they draft in the first round becomes the starting quarterback of the Titans. Well, again, I think it depends on what, what you think of him through these 10 games. And I don't know what the answer to that is. But, but I mean, if you think he's the guy, somebody somebody in the league will think he's the guy. Even though no one did this offseason? Well, he didn't start. I mean, we're talking about he's going to start this whole 10-game spell. No, no, no. And I'm talking go- about last year after Miami. Nobody in the league. Denver, Washington, all those teams that had openings of quarterback. Nobody thought he was the guy. Well, the Titans well, traded were, for him, right? Yeah, Isn't that a little bit different? Yeah, yeah, they were going to have to trade for him. Right, the Titans but, traded for him. Right, but Pat Dye was looking around at all places he could play. If he had found a place that thought he was the guy who was going to be the starter, they would have traded him there before he would have come to Tennessee. Well, you don't know. That. I mean, what did they? What were they going to play? Get give for him? You just. I mean, you don't know any of those things. Yeah, but Tannehill restructured his deal to come here. He's probably not restructuring his deal if, if someone else says that he can be a. Starter. He might have restructured his deal to go any place. We don't know that. I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. There's a bunch there you just don't know. So, and my point is, and and my question really gets back to the point of, if. If the, if what you saw this week was good, I mean, let's face it. If if he would have started the first seven games, we'd be seven and zero. Everybody in the NFL would be talking about it. Well, I don't believe that. But well, if he does what he did this game against a bum Charger team, scores twenty three points. I don't care who you're playing. Scores twenty three points. If that happens, we're seven and zero, and we're the talk of the league. San Francisco, Tennessee, New England. But that obviously didn't happen. So my question is, as we're moving forward to this thing, is 23 points a game going to be good enough for, for them to say, hey, this is our guy. We can win with our defense, with what we've got going here. If he can give us 23 points again a game, we can win every game, and with this defense, it's going to be good enough. Let's get back to the phones next. 615-737-1025, 615-737-1025, live from Drake's out here in Cool Springs against Mashville Live this week, right here at Drake's at 553 Cool Springs Boulevard, 7 to 8, Dante Fabro, Rocco Grimaldi. You can also register to win. Uh, you can register to win two tickets to upcoming Preds home games. Smashville Live brought to you by New Amsterdam Vodka, Spring Hill Heating and Cooling, and Red Spirits and Wine. Let me tell you about Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. They are proud supporters of the Nashville Predators. I saw that Happy Hiller cam all over the place. And, of course, you see the Happy Hiller logos all over Bridgestone Arena, including right there smack dab in the center of the ice. Why? Because Hiller proud supporters of the National Predators. Not only are they proud supporters of the National Predators, they're also proud supporters of the Tennessee Volunteers. And that's why I love using Hiller in my home. Not only that, they have great service, which is why they average 4.8 out of 5-star rating on over 15,000 online reviews. It is getting cold outside. Don't let the heat be a problem. That's right. Get with Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. They are the best. I absolutely love them. Anytime they come to my house, the service is absolutely professional. It is efficient. It gets taken care of. And I am thankful for that. And that's why I am always so glad to tell you about Hiller. Again, that's Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Call the Happy Face Truck today. 
Jared and the GM got a little Titans news, Floyd Reese. Okay. The Titans today have changed kicker Ryan Suckup's status from injured reserve to designated to return, according to the Titans website. What that means is Ryan Suckup will be uh, will now allowed to begin practicing with the team because of rules related to injured reserve. Suckup will not be eligible to play until next week against Carolina. But it does signal that Ryan Suckup will be returning and that Ryan Suckup will be kicking at some point for the Titans, which I'm going to temper my excitement on. <laughs> Only because I watched him kick in that Bears preseason game, and it looked like, say, a pitcher that usually throws 90 miles an hour, it looked like a pitcher throwing 70 miles an hour. And if Ryan Suckup is kicking at 70% or whatever, that's probably not going to be good enough. I mean, he didn't really even have a great season last year. He had an okay season by his standards, uh, but they do need some consistency at the kicker position. I'm just, I just don't think that Ryan Suckup will return to the team whenever he returns and will be the same Ryan Suckup that he has been for the rest of this year. Now, maybe next year when he's healthy, he'll have a good season, but I, I can't see Suckup being as automatic as he's been in the past. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you'd, you'd certainly hope he would be. And, and if he's completely back off of the whatever he had, knee or ankle, you'd like to think that he might be strong, stronger, simply because, you know, he hasn't had all the wear and tear on his leg and camp and preseason and all the stuff that you do to get ready, um, that he might be, you know, really, really fresh. But we'll see. Cat, could you tell as a former special team coach when you were GM, could you tell whether or not a guy was a good kicker from how they kicked in the form and the ball and the, the things like that that would give you an idea as to whether or not somebody's problems kicking are mental or somebody's kicking problems are physical? Yeah, I mean, generally speaking, you can tell the guys that are really bad, you know, the guys that, are, that, are, that lack fundamentals. Most guys coming out anymore, if they've gone to a major college, they're they're pretty good in that area. And so you really can't tell. You know, if you lined up and and saw ten guys kick, probably if they've if they went to a, a school that knew what they were doing, then all ten of those guys would look pretty much the same. Um, but if there was one in there that was completely unorthodox, he'd stick out like a sore thumb. Well, like Cairo Santos, for example, could you tell on TV watching him kick that what his problem was? Or oh, I, I wouldn't even, you, didn't even pay attention. You, know. you just knew he was gone. <laughs> <laughs> miss four yeah, kicks in a game. Yeah, if you miss four, you're going to be gone. Do you think his career is over, Santos? Uh, first time somebody's missed four field goals in 22 years to the phones so. <laughs> on ryan Tannehill, poor santos but we should be seeing suck up return return at some point i don't know if that excites you if i know i'm getting a healthy suck up back it would excite me to death uh but again this guy can't not hit the upright so who knows james is up next on ryan Tannehill. thank you for calling go ahead james all right, so I just want to start off by saying uh, any stats that you had on Tannehill from the Dolphins, just wash those out. The Dolphins Why? have always been terrible. You Name me his supporting cast that he was supposed to play with. I mean, Kenny now Stills, the guy finally has... Devontae Parker, um, who was okay, the tight end? They're all trash. You, you don't think Kenny Stills is pretty good? Do I think Kenny Stills is good? How many thousand-yard seasons has he had? 
I don't know. I think Kenny Stills is pretty good. Burned Malcolm Butler for a big touchdown last year. Okay, yeah, one touchdown. Anyway, the point I'm getting at, he's got a better and younger supporting cast with the Titans. He's got three really good receivers that are young. Uh, Who? Delaney Delaney Walker. Delaney Walker doesn't play anymore. Who are the three... Who are the three really good receivers? So, so you don't think A.J. Brown's going to be good? I think there's a chance A.J. Brown's good, but I don't think I would consider A.J. Brown oh, yeah. really good yeah. right now in the NFL. There's a better chance that he's going to be good with a quarterback that can actually hit a target. I don't disagree with I'm that. But, you're, but Kenny Stills, I'm thank you for your for call, years. James. Thank you for your call, James. Kenny Stills, as much as you know, he may be a little cuckoo sometimes off the field, Kenny Stills is a bona fide, legit NFL wide receiver. Rashard Matthews, as cuckoo as he was off the field, he was an established NFL guy. No offense to Davis and to Brown. Those guys haven't done it consistently at this level yet. There's a chance they'll be good. I'm not sure you can say Matthews did it consistently. Matthews had a good enough career to get a big con- get a big second contract. A big second contract, key key phrase there. So he's had what? Justin Hunter wasn't able to get a big second contract. uh, Right. That's a bad receiver. I I would say this. Davis will be a much better receiver than Matthews ever was. Right where he is right now. I mean, you can say that after this game, but I'm still afraid. I would have probably said it before. I'm still afraid that, uh, that Davis will do what Davis does where he'll go into hibernation for the next six weeks and we won't see him after having a good game. Well, I mean, I think this will be kind of what we talked about last week. We'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. If they continue to do it, then, you know, maybe it wasn't just him. Yeah, he's better than uh, Matthews. I'm just looking at Matthews' stats. He's better than Matthews. You know Matthews had more receiving yards as a Titan than he did as a Dolphin? Yeah. Pretty wild. Best, Best year of his career. 2016, Matthews had 945 and nine touchdowns. Well, Davis has already done that. Davis had nine touchdowns? No, but he's had 900 or however many are he had. What did he have? 65 for 900 last year. Yeah. Yeah. But he didn't have nine. I don't think he has nine touchdowns in his career. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, the touchdowns, that nine touchdowns, that's, that's a lot. Derek is up next on Ryan Tannehill. Thank you for calling. Go ahead, Derek. I just wanted to give you my perspective uh, as a lifelong Dolphins fan. Um, just moved to Nashville a couple of years ago, but I've, I've seen every Ryan Tannehill start. And I, just, I was a big Tannehill supporter down there in Florida. Um, I saw him improve every season for his first four years and actually led them to the playoff before his injury. And then last year when he came back, if you remember the Dolphins started 3-0, and and then he had that shoulder injury. And so last season he was playing the rest of the year with a bum shoulder, and I could tell he didn't have to zip on the ball. But when I watched that game on Sunday, he had at the beginning of his career, and uh, I, I think he could be the guy. Thank you for the call. I think that's the bigger question about Tannehill, quote-unquote, being the guy for the Titans the rest of the year, is can he make it through the rest of the year? Yeah, I mean, he's had, he's had similar issues to Marcus, except for the fact, I mean, he missed an entire year with an ACL, which there's nothing new or unusual about that. And then he got the shoulder injury last year that probably affected his whole, you know, season. So, you know, he had the two years. And then after that, he was out of there. 
and and I think that's you know part of the problem. They with when you're changing coaches like that, a lot of times you don't really have the experience of being around a Tannehill. So you you know your your opinion can be skewed, if you will. When and, you evaluate quarterbacks, when you you know draft guys or you sign guys as free agents, when you what do you look at to decide whether or not somebody's going to be a good quarterback? And what does Tannehill lack in when you look at him? Forget the injury stuff. Like, we know that's a problem. But what does he lack in when it comes to, you know, I'd rather have a quarterback whose mechanics are a little better this way. Or I'd like to, like, what, what is he missing? I mean, I don't know that he's missing anything. But the injury factor is a factor. That's a giant issue. Mm-hmm. And you're saying to yourself, okay, over the last two years, two and a half years or whatever it's been, he's only played a handful of games, and those games weren't good because of his shoulder, you know. And so, again, I think you're skewed, skewed in your opinion and what you're doing. You know, you go back and you look at his first three or four years. I mean, people, he, he got the new contract. He got the $100 million contract or whatever it was. You know, the contract Marcus is playing for, he's already gotten. And he got that because of the way he started. Then he got the injury issues, and uh, and it skewed everything since then. So I'm not sure that we've we've gotten a, a fair look. I mean, people have gotten a fair look at what his you know career has really been. I mean, it's it, his playing time when he played and was healthy. I mean, he played as well at a young age. He played better young except for Marcus's one year that Marcus did. You know, for, talking about the first four or five, four years, I guess it was. Mm-hmm. Coming up next, there is a story in college football. I'm not even sure where this came from, much less the second story involved with it, and yet I find it to just be oh so funny. We'll get to that coming up next. Jared and the GM live from Drake's and Cool Springs, home of Smashville Live. Preds Insiders tonight at 6, Smashville Live at 7, and we got the candy bucket the halloween candy out here if anybody's looking for candy we got it right here giving away candy and i'm gonna leave the bucket here for everybody to enjoy hey ryan you want some m&ms got ryan a pair Uh uh-uh he dropped it like hey tajay sharp would have caught those m&ms jared the gm live from drake's and cool springs it's espn 1025 the game i think it's smart i think whether jim believes it and is being honest or not we'll find out moving forward but you got to get ahead of this david and the only way to get ahead of it is to to send a letter to the parents who are going to talk to their kids and then also you know it's going to go out publicly so when it does it tells recruits hey i I think coach is going to be there if i wind up there next year or in the next two three years so i think this was a smart move but uh, you know it it was interesting and very different we haven't seen anything like this really the SID might have wrote the last part, but the crap part was definitely <laughs> Jim Harbaugh and just saying, like, listen, I'm going to address this, hammer this home. Guys, if, if you don't think negative recruiting is a big part of recruiting and, oh, so-and-so might not be here next year, so-and-so's thinking about retiring, so-and-so's doing Anybody that can use any little detail to, to lose credibility with someone else or gain another recruit is 1,000% fair game. So I like what Harbaugh did, too. He did it in Harbaugh fashion, abruptly, concisely, um, in your face, Lee, all the different ways that I think Jim Harbaugh would do it. 
So that was College Football Live. Todd McShay and David Pollock talking about the Jim Harbaugh letter. Floyd, have you seen this story? Yeah. So I didn't even know where the first part came from. But I woke up this morning and I saw Jim Harbaugh sends a letter to uh, inform recruits and inform the parents that he's not leaving Michigan. And I thought to myself, what? So I read the letter. All right, so I read the, the article. Jim Harbaugh is refuting reports of interest in NFL jobs by sending a letter to parents of current players and commitments that addresses recent rumors of an exit strategy from Michigan. The letter was first reported by the Michigan Insider and confirmed by ESPN. Harbaugh writes in the letter that recent reports of him putting an exit strategy are, quote, total crap, and that is an annual strategy driven by Michigan's enemies to cause disruption in our program to negatively recruit. Harbaugh goes on to write that he doesn't have an agent or representative. Reports said his representatives were gaining interest from NFL teams for any head coaching opportunities. A source close to Michigan and Harbaugh was angry about the reports and that they were, quote, fabricated to hurt in recruiting. Okay, let's stop right here. What reports are we talking about? Had you heard well, a report that Harbaugh yeah. was going back to? I did. Now, maybe I'm just out of the mix here. I did not hear. Uh, now, look, I know Harbaugh's stinking it up at Michigan, but I did not know that there was there was NFL interest in Harbaugh. Why would there be? He's not winning in college. There, What they said was that because he is struggling, because Harbaugh has always t- stayed a step ahead of the posse. So what they were saying was after this year, regardless of what happens, next year he's going to be on the hot seat. And because he's good at beating the posse, what he's going to do is he's going to leave this year and go to the NFL. And that's where he'll end up, you know, coaching next year or whenever. And his letter is just a response to all this because they, you know, this is recruiting. And people, you know, when you're when you recruit at that level, if you lose one recruit, it may be the difference between, you know, a, a really good year and just an okay year. And so they're trying to protect themselves, which I, I can't blame them for doing. So you believe the story on the face value that there, because I, again, did not see a report. Now, maybe there was, and I was just too caught up with Ryan Tannehill this week to pay attention to some, you know, Adam Schefter report that Harbaugh was interested in leaving Michigan. So maybe I missed it. Well, I, I did not. I, I did not see. Now, I, what you're insinuating is probably what's always been thought about: is well, Harbaugh could go back to the NFL. I'm sure a lot of people have thought that. But has there been a report that said, like a a legitimate report, where, like even a Jason Lockhan for an illegitimate report about Harbaugh going back? Since when does any report that we hear come along now become legitimate? Well, I mean, it comes from Schefter or Jay Glazer or Mortensen. There are no legitimate Mortensen? reports. They're all full of junk. Mort? All of them. You, don't hear, you didn't hear Mort report it. Well, Mort, that's, Mort I know Mort. I know Mort didn't report it yeah. because it's not true. So this is my thing. This is what I think. And I don't know Jim Harbaugh. You probably do know Harbaugh, right? Yeah. So I don't know Harbaugh. So maybe he is just the most honest guy in the world. I don't know. But I feel like Harbaugh is to get ahead of the posse instead of instead of sitting there and taking it when they lose, knowing that people at Michigan, because the expectations are so high, are going to want to fire him. 
Harbaugh is putting it out there of, hey, I've got NFL interest and I'm not going. And so I'm going to deny these reports and I'm going to say these reports are total crap. And then people just assume that there was a report and that, you know what? Michigan's enemies are trying to get at them. They are trying to negative recruit. And Harbaugh's going to be there, and he's doing a good job getting out in front of it. Whereas I think Harbaugh's making the whole thing up. Well, I don't think he would make it up. I don't think he would bring it up. Simply because you don't, you're, you're in the middle of recruiting. You don't, that's the last thing you want out there is that Harbaugh's getting ready to leave. Right, wrong, or indifferent. Just having the report is enough for the people to go to, you know, house and you're talking to an 18-year-old kid and are you sure he's going to be there next year? You know, there's the NFL snooping around. Well, no, but what if and what then, if it was like a, a breakup situation, right? Like we'll just use like a a man and a woman about to break up. And the and the man knows that the woman's not happy. So instead of instead of you know just ha- knowing that the woman's going to break up with him, he gets out in front of it, and he says, or he gets out in front of it, and and breaks up with her, even though he doesn't want to break up with her. He breaks up with her because he knows she's going to break up with him. So in this case, Harbaugh knows that Michigan, like the Michigan fans, are mad and are going to want to fire him. So instead of them wanting to fire him, he's doubling down on his commitment. And he's making up a story saying, hey, just so you guys know, the NFL's looking at me. So you all can think that I can't coach or whatever you want, but the NFL's looking at me. And I'm not going because I believe. So stay with me, fans. I believe. But just know the NFL's looking at me because I'm a pretty doggone good coach. So you guys can think to yourself that I'm not a good coach and want to fire me. But just know this. I, I would think the way things are going now. There may be a pretty good percentage of those people who say, hey. No buyout. See ya, bud. Yeah. Go ahead and take it. No buyout. We'll go get our own coach. We'll go get Luke Fickle and we'll just be okay. So, I mean, and you know who I think would be a great choice for the Michigan job if Harbaugh were to leave? (laughs) Mike Vrabel would be an Ohio State Buckeye. Pay him $5 million a year, which is probably more than he's making now. He probably would leave the Titans and go to Michigan. I don't know. See, I think Vrabel would be a great college coach. Uh, Pro coach, we'll see. But I, again, where I sit today, dude, what if Michigan hired Urban Meyer? Dallas. That going be... to Dallas. That's the story. Oh, yeah. He wants to go to the company. Did oh, you yeah. see uh, Florida State came out and said even if Willie Tacker got hit by a bus, they wouldn't hire Urban Meyer? Wouldn't hire Urban Meyer or, or Steve, Spurrier. Steve Spurrier. No yeah. desire in good coaches. So, you know, we might fire our bad coach, but if we fire our bad coach, we're not going to hire a good coach. That's the, uh, the Florida State mentality. Again, I don't buy the story. I think Harbaugh sent the letter to show the Michigan people that he's still committed uh, just for the point of just for the sake of doing it. Like, I, I need to know who's reporting that Michigan, that Harbaugh's looking at going to the NFL. And then I got to wonder who in the NFL is interested in Harbaugh? The guy can't win at Michigan. Why would you take him to the Carolina Panthers? I don't know. I mean, you're, you're asking the wrong guy. I think he's overrated. Did you think he was overrated when he was in the I NFL? I think he's been overrated for his whole career. But I like the guy. You know, he's just gotten he sounds he's like a fortunate enough to get some of the great all-time jobs. 
at the just the perfect time. And he's literally made a fortune off of that. I mean, he's making, I'm going to say he's making like seven and a half million a year at Michigan. He's making more than that. So, you know, you look at that and you say to yourself, well, that's pretty tough to do any place else. I thought, I thought he was going to go to Michigan and I thought he was going to win every game. Nah. You know, I thought he was going to go to Michigan and be like Urban Meyer at Ohio State. They have all those people forget now college program, college jobs are very lucrative at the in you're in the upper echelon and they're as good if you go to a place like michigan or ohio state or you know places like that they're as good as any nfl job it's just the prestige of saying you're in the nfl but big time college jobs like those i mean they're fantastic jobs hard but good Coming up next, Mike Vrabel asked about how important it is to stack wins and how the team needs to change their approach. Why, I think I've learned something from Floyd in this regard. You wonder what that may be, GM? (laughs) I'm curious. We'll get to that coming up next, live from Drake's out in Cool Springs. Hey, speaking of college football, make your picks now for the three college football underdog teams you think will win this Saturday. Weekly winners win a pair of tickets to an upcoming Nashville sporting event or concert. Hit up thegamenashville.com or the mobile app, the Game Nashville app. Silly Underdog Picks is sponsored by volunteer Ho-Hos and Gasket. Jared, the GM, live from Drake's in Cool Springs. It's ESPN 1025, the game.